From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MVW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio coming to you this morning. We will uh, have Cliff Godwin on the line here in a little bit. East Carolina head baseball coach, former Ole Miss assistant baseball coach, uh, joining us probably in about 55 minutes to an hour, something along those uh, lines. So we'll get to that in a bit. Ole Miss baseball last night beat Southern Miss 4-3. to Hayden Leatherwood hits a two-run pinch hit home run in the seventh inning to, uh, to lift Ole Miss to the final score. They win a lot of bullpen by committee last night. Austin Miller gets the win. Um, Wes Burton lasted uh, 1.2 innings as a starter. Might get into that a little bit today as uh, well. And then last night on the Plains, Auburn beats Ole Miss 67-58 last night. Um, Rebels made a couple runs, but in the end, Auburn uh, pulls away and wins by nearly double digits in uh, in Auburn. One uh, Auburn desperately needed one Ole Miss just, uh, again, trying to finish out things on somewhat of a high note, still see if they can get out of that Wednesday uh, Wednesday game. But nonetheless, 67-58 last night at Auburn. The podcast brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Daiquiri's lunch special is ribs. You know the drill by now. You also know you get great gas prices with the Speed Pass Plus app, the Mobile Rewards Program, and much more. And again, can be from the Clark Ford Studio. We are Clark Fords in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. And the rest is really kind of up to you. You can shop it around or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do. And that's hop into a Clark Ford today. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. He'll prove to you. What that means when you make the call, 662-257-1900. Cliff Godwin and other guests join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Uh, Rafters right there on the square. be a great place to hang out this weekend, watch some uh, baseball, watch some basketball, and just kind of hang out, chill in Oxford. And then uh, Sunday, of course, brunch begins at 1045. Uh, homemade, biscuits and ch- homemade biscuits, chicken and waffles, live bluegrass music. Uh, party begins at 1045, mimosas, Bloody Marys, and more there at Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Yeah, I'm seeing it in the live stream a little bit. Crazy result last night in, in Starkville. I know upsets happen in baseball. Ole Miss obviously struggled with Alcorn State last week. But last night, I mean, from an RPI standpoint, this is one's going to linger with Mississippi State all season long. They uh, they lose to Texas Southern last night. Um, Texas Southern entered the game 0-9 on the season. And they were uh, the stats for Texas Southern team ERA of 10.62 entering last night, team batting average of 2.19. They beat the Bulldogs eight to four last night in Starkville. Wow! So, yeah, midweeks uh, midweeks happen, but that's one you have to avoid. That is that is going to be a uh, a blemish on the resume for the next 50 games. So yeah, that that that's one that'll hang over them a little bit, I suspect. Yeah, that's gonna stink. Uh, we gonna start? We gonna talk about? What do you gonna do? We did tons of show prep today, so I've got tons Up to of lists and stuff. Up to you. Um, uh, give me just some random basketball thoughts, and we'll move away. The same game they've played all year. It really is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I know the final results nine points, but it was a four, five, six point game. 
for a long part of the second half. They can't score when they need to score. They have too many empty possessions. I thought they played pretty well defensively last night. I thought they thought the zone gave Auburn some fits. Um, they were resilient. Auburn tried to run them out of the building early, and they came back and got within two at one point, fairly late in the second half. And then they can't they can't win games. They're four and eleven. That's what they are. Four and eleven. Feels like they lost that game eight, nine times this year and haven't won it. Their four wins in the league have been fairly comfortable wins. I, I did I was at baseball, I, did, I saw none of the game. So let me preface that as I ask this question. Why Crowley get twenty five minutes last night? Uh Schuler had some foul trouble. He played Williams some. I don't know the fifteen n- minutes. Yeah, Williams played some. Williams' problem is defensively, he's just such a liability. Colin only played two. Yeah, yeah, he, he's not physical enough for that matchup. Uh Hunter played some. Really got exposed. Six. Um, C was was ineffective. O for one from the field in twenty one and twenty two minutes. Five boards, four fouls, four turnovers. Buffin, for for a kid who just has no outside game, really does a lot of the junk stuff well. That's the problem, though, is that that, that if KJ is going to be a junk player, here soon they've got to have some impactful offensive players. I know Brian only went three for nineteen from the floor, but Brian still scored sixteen points. He got to the he got to the free throw line. He made his free throws. I, look, I, I mean, I got real questions about this. Team slash program. So you kind of mean forward. program more than team, yeah. Yeah, I mean the team's done. Team's done. They're thirteen and fifteen now. So I mean, we're officially at the point where, barring a miraculous documentary type run, yeah, I mean a thirty for thirty type of a deal, and for five days in Nashville, and they're they're going to play on Wednesday night in Nashville. Barring that, it's didn't Georgia do that one year? Do they end up winning it, or they just like make a run? No, they won it. Yeah, they won it the thought. tornado year. That's right. Well, they beat Ole Miss on the tip end night yeah. one. Dave Bliss. Yep, that was my last Mobile Register assignment. Like people in the in the thread are saying, base basketball's over. Don't waste my time on it. No, we're going to talk about basketball some because look, and this isn't a knock on college baseball, but we cannot do an hour on a midweek college baseball game that I didn't see. It's not fair to Chase. He didn't see basketball because he's covering baseball. I didn't see baseball because I had stuff going on, and then I covered a basketball game. I watched it. I didn't cover it. I watched it and wrote about it. So we're there's it, we're just not be able to do that, and it's it's a waste of man hours for us both to watch a four hour college baseball game in the middle of the week. It's just it's inefficient. So we're gonna talk some basketball because it's it is a topic moving forward. It's it's a to. It's not just some secondary sport. This is a this is a developing story here. I mean, this this offseason coming up for Ole Miss is absolutely critical. It's vital. It's paramount. They have got to figure this out. Or else the program spirals. And if you spiral at a program like Ole Miss where you've invested in it the way that they have, a lot of questions have to be asked. And I'm not doing the Kermit Davis on the hot seat thing. He is absolutely not on the hot seat. His hot seat meter from 1 to 10 right now is a solid 1. But they've got to address an offseason of uh, questions because they lose Brian, 
And they've got to figure out what's going on. Is it recruiting? Is it evaluation? Is it development? Is it culture? Is it some semblance of all of that? What is it? This team's going to miss Brian Tyree next year. Watch yeah. him in the watch him on the on the offensive end in any possession where he's on the floor and they are looking for him. Yeah, it's two things. It's a this again. This program is losing its best player. Brian Tyree is out of eligibility following this season. He's not easily easily replaced. He's one of the top five players in the SEC. Definitely one of the top five guards in the SEC. So you've got that problem. You have a question in your mailbag. You wrote it to me a minute ago. How many guys can they turn over? What can they do from a roster standpoint? I, I, I get the quick fix nature of it. I get people will go, hey, just replace, just replace, just replace, just replace. Well, here's the problem. A couple of problems with that. Two or three problems. Yeah. One is, what is the guarantee you replace them with anybody better? I mean, if you're in the transfer market, you're in the transfer portal with 330 other teams. Yeah. You're not in the top 10 in the country. If somebody else needs a ready-made guard or a ready-made forward, they're going to have a shot too. Yeah. It's not like you get it's not like there's a list of players you just go pluck the one you want and you put him in. I mean, you know, Kenny Blackshear is not just available to go grab. Yeah, it's right like there. the Bengals have the first pick in the yeah, draft. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and, and I mean I mean it's smart like I'm just saying there no. are not a very there's not a very large quantity of those type of players, I guess. Well, even if you about. went out and got five grad transfers, as I'm saying, you're kicking the can down the road. Um and then there is a certain part where you just can't turn over the dang thing like crazy. I mean, it, there, there's a program problem in that. So well, This is when, when, when Andy Kennedy started turning over half the roster. People said, whoa, wait a minute. Hold up. And they were right. Yeah, he was trying to quick fix, quick fix, quick fix. He got, I mean, I think he'd admit this. He got very lucky with some Juco guards, Marshall Henderson and Stefan Moody. I guess Stefan was a. If I either way, he was a transfer. Yeah, transfer either way. Yeah, no, and and but, there were some big band aids that got put on things. Is my point. Whether you want to call it luck or whatever, here's the problem with. And Andy would tell you this: the problem when you're turning over half your roster every year is that is such a. It's kind of like refinancing your house on arms all the time. At some point, you've you, you've you've got to pay the bill. You know what I mean? It's it's it doesn't work year after year after year that you're going to go out and get what was the kid DeAndre Burnett mm-hmm. you know they thought he was going to come in and and, and put up Henderson numbers Moody yeah. numbers and when he didn't and he was a fine player he had a couple nights yeah but he wasn't an impactful consistent player and it was the end of him privately they'll tell you hey that was probably the that was the killer. Yeah, that one hurt them. They didn't get what they thought out of Cullen Neal. I mean, it was a lot of guys like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Dom. Yeah. Who's serviceable as a whatever man at Florida State. Yeah, he's going to play in the tournament again. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a lot of things. But if you turn over your roster and you process six guys, you can't do that and not have someone question, hey, well, how much of this is on you all? You recruited them. You evaluated them. You brought these guys in. What is it? So, I mean, that's some soul-searching to be done in a couple of weeks. In short order, the guys that played last night, they were, they're were they all new to the program under this staff except for Shuler and Tyree. Those are the two holdovers from AK staff at this yeah. point. And look, and this Jarkel Joyner thing, okay? Yeah. And I, I hope it works out. I really do. It's a, I've said this before. It's a great story if it works out. 
He's a Mississippi kid. He's from Oxford. Everybody likes him. Everyone speaks highly of him. But when he came out of high school, Chase, it wasn't just Andy Kennedy that didn't offer him. Mississippi State didn't offer him. Alabama didn't offer him. Auburn didn't offer him. I can keep going. Arkansas didn't offer him. The list goes on. Now, is he going to step up and, and be 20 a night in the SEC? Again, I hope so. But if you're counting on that, If you're counting, no, LSU didn't offer him. No one in the in the SEC offered him. That's why he went out to Cal Bakersfield to play for Rod Barnes. And he did well out there. Very well, yeah. And so, you know, is it possible that all of those coaches missed? Yes. Is it likely? Rival shows Bakersfield is his loan offer. Right, wrong, I don't know. I'm reading a board. Rod Barnes, who has a lot of background at Ole Miss, obviously played here, coached here, was told about a kid at Oxford and came and looked at him. Kicked the tires by Florida, Georgetown, Iowa State, and Ole Miss. Yeah. Is what the list says. I can tell you that Andy Kennedy wanted to offer him. He wanted to see enough to offer him because he knew bringing in a local kid would get people excited. He didn't. I just don't think he thought he could play at this level. Looks like he had an offer from UTEP as well. Finding that now. Okay. Is it possible that all of those coaches missed and that Rod Barnes got it right? Yeah. yeah. Is it likely? Or he's not even the same player three years later. I mean, obviously, kids develop. I mean, sure. you, have, you have NFL players that are two stars. Sure. Stuff happens. So, there's just kind of a lot. There's a lot there. I, the whole turnover half the roster thing, that just rarely works. And if you do it once, then you got to do it again. And then you got to do it again. Some point you got to go out and get players and develop players and evaluate players and develop a culture and and I said this on Jay's show last night. It took Bruce Pearl time. All cheating jokes aside, it took him time to get his culture developed at Auburn. It did, and it might take Kermit some time. <clears throat> so the whole hot seat thing, no. I mean, look if you're if you're going to do that, if you're going to put Kermit on the hot seat in year three. You might as well just pull the plug on it now and go hire somebody and just be mediocre forever and be done with it. They got 27 minutes out of a Coro last night, Auburn? Yeah. There's a mm-hmm. toughness to that program that I think Kermit is probably really jealous of. Those kids play really hard. Wiley gets every last drop out of his talent. Mm-hmm. They just – that's culture there. That, But Bruce has been at Auburn, what, seven, eight years? It's been that long. I mean, it takes time to build your culture like that. Elsewhere in the uh, in the league last night, only a couple games, Kentucky beats A&M 69-60 last night. Uh, dominated the game throughout, let's fix it. They, 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 they had kind of a lull offensively, but um, – but handled uh, A&M in College Station last night. A&M still 8-7 in the league, even though it's been a beating the soft teams, beating the teams you're supposed to beat. But nonetheless, great job by Buzz Williams. 
And then Mississippi State survives to stay on the bubble at least a few more days. 80-73 over Alabama last night in uh, in Starkville. Bama caught a bad break in that game when Kyra Lewis went down with an elbow injury. He's so important to them, especially with Herb Jones playing with the broken wrist. They just couldn't score. Not enough dudes. Yeah. I think State's in pretty good shape to get to the tournament. If they, if they hold on, they can't screw up. Certainly can't lose to Ole Miss at home there at the end. Seven uh, – Seventh season for Bruce Pearl at Auburn. 2014 was his first season. Yes, it takes some time. Because they hired him when he still had the show calls. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. They hired him knowing, hey, this is we're in this for the long run. Yeah. And now they get another NOA. So, full circle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, you look at Bruce Pearl's record here. He went 15-20 and 20 in year one, 11-20 and 20 in year two, 18-14 and 14 in year three, 26-8. and eight. In year four, thirty and ten in year five, and now so year six, twenty four and four. Yeah. Hey. Pretty good turnaround there. So somebody had the stat uh I don't know, Marcelo yesterday. It said Auburn had won twenty five games or more in a season three times in program history prior to this last three year run, and now they've done it three years in a row. Yeah. Did it once or twice when I was on the beat. And then, like, once with Barkley or something? Yeah, I guess so. No, it was Petty, not Kyra. Sorry. Whatever. One of them got hurt. I didn't watch it. I'll be honest. College basketball is really hard to watch. I'd watched Auburn and Ole Miss, and when that ended, I, I didn't watch anymore. I just saw that. I thought it was Petty, but it was Kyra. Kyra Lewis got hurt. I mean, Petty got hurt. Whatever. I did get a kick out of this quote last night. Last thing I'm going to say about State and Texas Southern because nobody cares and it does not matter, but it kind of made me laugh. Uh, they asked the head coach of Texas Southern last night. He goes, this is the second biggest win in the history of the university. You'll remember the win in 2004 regional against Rice. This sends a message about the swag. No, it's a Tuesday game in, in, in yeah. February, Michael. But no. good, good no, for your team, though. Good. No messages are sent. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. Message. If they did, you sent it via carrier pigeon and that bird got lost somewhere. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know the pitch by pitch tweet tweeting though stopped somewhere around the Did fourth it? last night. I, really? I I don't know. I I had a hard time finding an update last night. I'll be honest. I was I was searching around the official Twitter account. Didn't put a score in after the fourth. Really? No, just a, nothing to see here, guys. We're on to basketball. I don't know what's going on over there, but not good. It's 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 it was it was a little weird last night for a for a program and a media contingent that usually you can find. Tweets about every pitch if you feel oh, the need. Some I, of those cats are strike two. Oh, seriously, you're you're, you're yeah, not you're, I, you're not being hyperbolic. No, if I could it's, go through the machine and strangle, <laughs> I hate some of those people. Le- legitimately, don't like them as human beings. I'm not sure I'd piss on them if they were on fire. Okay. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> Because you get judged against that crap. Just a bunch of fans. I know Brian gets asked a lot why he doesn't do pitch-by-pitch tweeting. Why would anyone do that? No one does that. If you watch any major league account that covers uh, – uh, no no, no one does that. I don't even think the inning-by-inning tweeting is necessary. It's bizarre. That's – 
I've had this conversation. It's in every sport, but that that group that does it with college baseball, it's it's there's almost like a propriety to it that's weird. It's just not necessary. Strike two. It's now one ball, two strikes in the second inning in February. I don't get it. You, the, I, I don't think I follow any of them anymore. I used to. I used to have to mute on the weekends on the Twitter. I, I'd literally go through my Twitter and mute certain people for the weekends because I needed to just be constant updates from baseball games all weekends. Well, and that's the other thing is you don't get paid by the tweet or the Twitter follower. I, I, I don't. I don't understand the concept even. Supplying information. Kidding. It's fandom. My theory, it's wanting interaction. It's, it's, my theory is it's we're at this game and we're so nervous about it, so we're going to tweet all because that keeps the nervous energy busy. Gives you something to do, something to focus yeah. on. Because you're in a press box, you can't get up and pace the floor. I guess you could. Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it happen. <laughs> Certain Ole Miss former sports writer who covered Ole Miss who. Couldn't, couldn't watch, so he'd go pace the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. We will talk a little bit of baseball in a second. Uh, first, I'll tell you about Tyson Drugs and G&M Pharmacy. Tyson Drugs down the square in Holly Springs. G&M on South Lamar in Oxford. 662-236-2222. Go get a flu shot. Southern Miss should have taken advantage of that if they had not. Zero-dollar copay on most insurance plans. Not to wait in line for an overworked pharmacist or anything. They can get you out as quickly and painlessly as possible. They also deliver local in the Oxford area to your home or workplace. They offer MedSync for your prescriptions the same day every month to make it easy on you. And more again, 662-236-2222. Rebel fans, renew your football season tickets by March 31st to secure your seats in the vault this season. Tickets start at just $199. can be purchased by visiting um, OleMissTicks.com. Fresh off a weekend sweep over Xavier, the Ole Miss baseball. Oh, never mind, that was yesterday. The uh, women's hoops team back in the pavilion. Of, that was kind of my uh, what'd you do? Anchorman moment. I was about to read about you can get tickets to the Southern Miss game uh -oh. yesterday. I guess you still could, but that would really be throwing your money away. The Ole Miss women's hoops team back in the pavilion on Sunday as they host Mississippi State at one thirty. Uh, in the event that you don't want to follow that bucket by bucket on Mississippi State Twitter, tickets can be purchased by visiting OleMissTicks.com. Join the men's hoops team back in the pavilion on Saturday at noon as they host the Vanderbilt Commodores. The first 1,000 fans will receive a free replica hoops jersey. Tickets remain and can be purchased by visiting OleMissTicks.com. The Ole Miss softball team kicks off a full week of games at the Ole Miss Softball Complex starting Today at 6, and then they host the Ole Miss Classic beginning on Friday at 3.30 against Jackson State. Admission is free. For more information, visit OleMissSports.com. And then the Ole Miss women's tennis team is at home on Sunday as they host the Kentucky Wildcats in the SEC Showdown at 1 p.m. Admission is free. You can get more information at OleMissSports.com. Our friends at Blue Delta are excited to announce that they are accepting pre-orders for the return of Duck Canvas. Longtime Blue Delta jeans fans will remember this durable, long-lasting fa fabric. It'll be back in stock by popular demand very soon in canyon brown, green, gray, and navy. At 10.5 ounces, this Georgia milled fabric will provide you with the ultimate American-made pant that is nearly unbreakable. 
For more information or to place your orders today, visit BlueDeltaJeans.com or reach out to Blue Delta Jeans on social media at Blue Delta Jeans. And we're brought to you by the Iron Horse Grill, 320 East Pearl Street in Jackson. In addition to uh, lunch, dinner, and Sunday brunch, it also specializes in on-site large event catering for up to 250 people and off-site full catering services, especially beverage catering. If you're planning a birthday party, a graduation celebration, a rehearsal dinner, or a wedding reception, you want to be able to enjoy the moment, and the Iron Horse Grill is your answer. It's a one-stop shop for beverage services for a 250- to 500-person wedding or even a 3,500-person gala. The Iron Horse Grill is one of the largest beverage caterers in Mississippi, and it can service the entire state. So call Sarah Black at 601-398-0151 for your catering needs. Knock that off your worry list and let the Iron Horse Grill make your event one that is memorable forever. Podcast is brought to you by Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Settle County, and Chattanooga. You know about the float down option, the condo financing, but rates are at five-year lows right now. And even if you bought a refinance just a year ago, really should look at your options as it's already uh, would really behoove you to uh, to take advantage of that. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. Seeing it on the stream, the two teams did, uh, did shake hands last night. It looked like most were just fist bumps. I saw very few palms touching last night. Um, between the uh, between the programs, I, a lot of back and forth on Southern's uniforms last night. I like them. Um, kind of a really light gray, um, no gold at all, just black cursive Southern across the front um, with their black hat and, and and white lettering. I was a fan. It was good. Um, yeah, I didn't yeah. see it. But. Yeah, it was good. I, I had no I had no issues with that with the, with that suit at all last night. A lot I find, of I find simple better as it pertains to baseball. Yeah, it was it was good. I'm looking for a photo now to show you. See if I can find it. It was a really good midweek suit too. Not much to it. Just, just you know. What old Miss wear? Pinstripes last oh. night. I, I I don't understand their their uniform scheme. I, I'm I'm. It's beyond me at this point. Talk about something that does not matter, but still, it's it's yeah. They are in a very set rotation. They are going to wear. Red on Friday, blue on Saturday, powder on Sunday, and pinstripes on the midweek. Regardless of where do. they are. It looks well, I mean, no, they'll they'll factor in the gray on the road and they'll do some different things. But the white uniform has been retired, I've been told. They don't have it anymore. Really? Yeah. Why? I I don't know. And I, I don't I like wearing white on Friday night. There's something well home games on Friday night, where are the white or the pinstripes? I feel like. As much as I'm not a huge pinstripe guy, it's not my favorite suit they have. But I feel like something about that night game, I feel like the colors do better during the day when you're just wearing white pants and a, and a blue or a red top in the sun and during the day. I feel like the the white does better at night for whatever reason. I, you know where I stand on this. What? I like a white uniform for home teams. And a gray uniform. And for if you're going to either wear gray or wear the powder on the road all the time. Let powder be your road uniform. I've always said you that. would make powder the road uniform. Yeah, and they do wear it on the road too. From yeah, time to time. They wore it in Fayetteville last year for sure. I remember. I yeah, they got superstitious at the end. They thought they were winning because of their uniform, hey. and so they wore it. Hey, I have no problem hey. with that. Hey, never going to criticize that one. 
You think a uniform gives you an extra step, then the no, uniform sure. gives you an extra Whatever step. Whatever you think, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm good with that. I just like white, white uniforms at home. I do think Mike is uh, – He's. He, I asked him about it last night. Hayden Leatherwood came in, hit a home run in the seventh when they brought a right-hander in to pitch. Well, they'd already had the right-hander in anyway. Um, I asked him, I said, can he, you know, can he hit lefties? What, what, what are we looking at from the other side? And he said, yeah, he goes, it's it's really not fair. He said, we're just so, still so early in the season. We're still just platooning and trying guys and trying guys and trying guys. And then – so he puts a right-handed lineup in last night against a left-handed starter for Southern. And they quickly got guys up in the bullpen, but he said at that point he thought it was going to be by committee, so he didn't want to turn over the whole lineup just because they were going to go to another guy. And he's like, I just kind of held on and waited. Point being, Leatherwood is just killing the baseball right now. He's six for he's six for eleven on the season. He's walked three times as well. His 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 OPS through a very small sample size is like seventeen hundred or something like that. He's hit home runs and back to back at bats. It it feels like it's time to give him an everyday and just let him take a shot against left-handers and see. Because you know I mentioned so today on the podcast. The outfield is not tearing it up. There are not guys just stealing outfield spots right now. So, if Leatherwood is the number one candidate to do that, it feels like probably ought to insert him and see what he can do with with the rhythm and a lot of at bats. Um, you know, and Mike closed his his little in your interview session last night was, "Hey, this is not the lineup we're gonna have. It's it's we're 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 tinkering here." Yeah, uh, he's openly admitting that he's experimenting a little bit. Yeah, it is still February, and they're winning, so he has the luxury of being able to experiment a little bit. Well, they got another two and a half weeks or so till league play starts. Uh, yeah, they have two more weekends before league play starts. Yeah, so, so he's that's a third weekend from now. Yeah, so he's got some time. They let's see. They go to East Carolina. Obviously, we'll talk about that in a minute. They come back home, play Memphis in the midweek next week. They play Princeton at home for three, and then they go to ULM for two in the midweek. Come back home and play LSU. Um. Yeah, so he's got plenty of time. Somebody asking live streams, Leatherwood better than Graham? Well, Leatherwood is hitting better than Graham right now, yes. Um, and, and Graham, look, he's he was a freshman. I'm not going to criticize somebody for his career. He's really bad against left-handers last year. So I understood that platoon. I think Kevin Graham last year against left-handers was one for 19. So that's not a huge sample size, but it's still one for 19. Um, and in college baseball, this thing too, you, you've got to take analytics and, and, and a lot of stats a little bit with a grain of salt because your season is short compared to major leagues, compared to where you really get enough sample size to formulate some of these sabermetrics and sure. some of these numbers. It just It's a little different deal. You can look at them, but you can't get hostage by them because if you do that... Well, even at the big league level, they want two or three full seasons of analytics before they start making real sweeping assertions. Mm-hmm. So no, you can't judge. You can't make. You can't make convicted. The over by the time you get there. It's, you can't make convicted judgments on fifty games. You can't. I mean, you have to to a degree at the college level, but there's there's still some gut feel to it. Things and unlike at the you know if a guy's got you know fifteen hundred minor league at bats, you've got a lot of data there to look at. You know, you got you got a pretty good idea of what that player is. Burton got through the first. He hit a guy, but it was pretty pretty basic. Not a big deal in the inning. In the second inning, got two quick outs. One was hit hard. Justin Bench made a really good play and left. And then he uh, gives up a double, a walk, and a hit by pitch, I think in that order. And and, and Mike goes and gets him very, very quickly. Um, got somebody up in the pen almost immediately as soon as he was hit a little bit. I, it looked quick to me where I kind of wondered, hey, did something happen? Was there some issue there? 
asked Mike after the game. He said that he just didn't look right from the get-go. The velocity was a little down. It was more 86-88 instead of 89-90-91 where it typically is. So he's had a cold for the last week or so, and it just – he said, I got a rested bullpen. We only had one midweek game. It was time to just yeah. win the game and get out of there. He goes, I, you know, um, no big deal. But And what he's doing is he's using Austin Miller and Taylor Broadway right now, the two guys that he thought was were going to be his closers in high leverage early situations. He went to Broadway immediately there in the second inning. Austin Miller pitched in the middle innings for a couple innings. He's using Braden Forsyth as his closer right now, I guess. Well, there's nothing to close if you lose it early. Right. Um, using Max Chofi in some late innings right now. He's still tinkering with the bullpen, too. I mean, I, I'm getting a lot of closer questions. I don't know. He doesn't know. Um, I think he would like it to games. be four. He's played, yeah, seven and one. I think yeah, he would so. like for it to be Forsyth this moment. Um, as I said yesterday, I still think they maybe are an arm short back there. We'll see. Um, now, Chofi could fix that. I don't. I haven't typically factored him in, but he's looked very good so far this season. Um uh, Forsyth danced a little bit with the devil last night, got it done. The stuff is really good. It's just can he throw the ball in the strike zone. He's getting behind in counts a little too much for my taste. Some guys are kind of getting on the bases, and you're living dangerously. But he 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 has the stuff, so I think Mike's trying to see if he can find some consistency, find some command, and, uh, you know. Uh, getting questions in the stream about okay. Graham. Okay. Getting questions in the stream about uh, – Outfield platoon, some of the stuff you just talked about. The outfield platoon, again, they're just trying everybody. I mean, you he's got a little bit of a deal there because he doesn't – Ely's the one that I don't think he's 100% sure how to work in right now, if you know the truth, because you – it's nothing against Jerry, and he's obviously an incredibly athletic kid, maybe the most high-ceiling guy out there, but – You've got to know whether this transition is going to work fairly quickly. I mean, you because you can't give Ely 25 games and look up and it not work. He's going over to football, and then Cade Sammons hasn't gotten at bats. Right. So it's it, he, he's got a little bit of a deal going on right now with those two sport guys that he's got to you got to play them, but you can't play them exclusively right now. In my opinion, I just I, I think that would be foolhardy to just play them every day. Um, the sport has gotten to a place where this is far more difficult than it has ever been before. What's that? To be a two-sport guy. Baseball's more year-round today than it's ever been. Oh, these kids never stop. And so you're behind. Not only are you behind, you're just, you're just rusty, and the pitching's better, and it's more precise, and the analytics. I mean, you know, the teams, teams figure you out faster because of the video. Here's you know the one negative thing if if you're looking for a negative and it's not a negative but it's to be factored in when all of your games are televised. Well, the people that are playing you get to see all of your games, so they get a scouting report and a and a fairly effective scouting report on you quicker than they did in the past where they had to send live bodies mm-hmm. to do it. Now everybody on a coaching staff can. Uh, look at video on Tuesday morning from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and get ready. I mean, you know, like I assure you already there's someone at Princeton, and Princeton's not taking baseball all that seriously. There's someone at Princeton who's already breaking down at-bats. I can absolutely guarantee you for next weekend that LSU is already has someone on their staff in some of his time 
starting to get an advanced scout on on Ole Miss based on the eight games that they've played that have all been televised. In the same way that there's probably somebody at Ole Miss who has at least put a, an hour or two put some cut ups in and- into getting ready for the LSU series because all of LSU's games are on television. But it, it, it does it does allow you to get a a more reliable scouting report earlier. And so for a kid like Ely, a kid like Plumley, I mean, you're, you're getting attacked early. Yeah. I, he, he used Plumley in some late game stuff last night. I think for right now, that's probably what he's most comfortable with, with him. I, I think Ely's the guy that he's just trying to figure out. Cause yeah, this look, there's, there's ability there. There's no doubt. Sure. There's ability there. Some of Jerry's sure. thing though, right now. And, Look, he's human. There aren't robots. It's nerves. His swing in that game last week did not look like it looked like an inner squats. He reverted back a little bit. He's trying to do a lot. He's there's a clock. He knows there's a clock. He knows man. there's a clock. He hears all this buzz out there of you need to get back to football. I mean, you know he's heard it. And so he's trying to prove to people that No, I'm a baseball. No, I'm I want to play baseball and I I deserve to play baseball and that's what he's but like you said, that they're not robots. Like the the kid last night pitching. I mean, you know, probably just didn't feel all that good. It was cold. It was kind of damp. Get a little sick. Suddenly your energy level's down just a little bit. and You're out there and you're reaching back for something that you can't find because you just don't feel good. Mm-hmm. Happens. And to Mike's credit, something he's not necessarily done in the past, recognized it immediately and said, okay, no, pull the plug. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Is that is that an indictment on Burton? No, it just no. means he didn't feel good. Get the ball next week. Pat him on the tail, move on with your day. Yeah, probably feel better in a week. Yeah. Memphis have, comes to town, we'll see what He'll have his energy levels back and stuff like that. Just, you know, it's that time of year. You get a, you get a cold and get a little sinus infection and don't feel so good. Some, sometimes you just you go for a run when you don't feel good. Sometimes it ends up being the best run you had, and sometimes you get about half a mile into it and you go, F this. I'm not doing this. And you turn around and head back and take a shower and get warm. So, but with, as it pertains to Ely, I mean, I saw it in that one at bat that was on in the bar we were in where he struck out. Everything was longer. Everything was. He was trying to do a lot in yeah. one at bat. He's taking pitches. Good. That's good. But. Yeah. Yeah. But when he got a pitch to hit. Instead of just shortening his stroke and putting contact Remembering on Remembering that he runs a 6-160. He was trying to drive it. Because he's trying to prove his worth mm-hmm. in the back of his mind. It's probably not a conscious thought, but it's there. And it gets fed. I mean, these kids see social media. They see the internet. They Hell, the way Twitter is now, there's probably a, hundreds of people in his message boards, in, in, his, in his feed, telling him, you need to go to football. And you know he wants to go. Have you watched me run? I don't need football practice. No, he does not need. In uh, March, he's good to go. Got to get some handoffs, get in the rhythm, in the flow of things. Yeah, they'll. He's got June and July and August to get into the rhythm. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing. So I hope. I, mean, I hope it works out for him. But you know, you're you're trying to be as effective right now as guys who've probably taking no more than a Christmas break from baseball. It's hard to do. Live and breathe it. And they're talented too. Yeah, it's hard to do. And some of those guys struggle. I mean, Connor Walsh, redshirting, top 50 prospect. Just taking the time. 
you know, things going to be all right. I still, yeah. I still think it's fine, but that was the only upset, by the way, last night. If anybody's looking ahead to RPI stuff, I'm just kind of looking at it here. Oh, Jack Leiter threw another shutout last night. Vanderbilt beat Evansville 6 nothing. His dad was a hell of a pitcher. <sighs> Probably going to have to throw him in the rotation there at some point. And you feel like you got a pretty good staff on Kumar Rocker's throwing on Saturdays right now. Yeah. Who's who's throwing Friday? Mason Hickman. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> oh, God. It's, it is it is what it is. Yeah. Oh, let's see. What did Leiter do last night? This might be a lighter watch every week because I'm just fascinated by this kid. Uh, let's see. Last night. I only, only struck out four last night. Um, five innings pitch, no runs, one hit. Who'd they play? Evansville, the Aces, oh, the Aces last night. Decent, decent program. Yeah, probably so. They uh they beat Kentucky in basketball too. I mean, got stuff going on everywhere. Calipari's done a pretty good job with that team, actually. He's one of the more underrated coaches in all of college basketball. Yeah. I'm a little surprised Calipari hasn't gone to the Back NBA the a little bit. I feel like he wants one more. Wants a title. Yeah, I feel like the second title, given all the talent and all the Final Fours, cements him a little more frankly you could argue right now he actually has been underachieving yeah you could make the argument not yeah. saying he has or hasn't but i think that is a valid i think that's a very valid argument they have built one hell of a professional legacy at kentucky oh well, i was no doubt about that just remarkable yeah so we'll uh, be back in one second tell you about uh visit oxford visit oxfordms.com a lot of different things at the events page starting to fill up as uh it's february is turning into march so you can see all those different op- options including uh third annual oxford date night february 27th you got south talks lectures you got uh the oxford film festival coming soon more on that soon as well the mint women's conference february 28 29th all day, both of those days. That uh, TEDx thing at Ole Miss is the 29th as well. So, again, a lot of things as well as just uh, your normal where to stay, where to eat, what to do and see there with Visit Oxford. Again, visit OxfordMS.com slash events. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward and chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves. One smile at a time, Dr. Bubba McQueen and Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment financing available at CorinthDental.com. We're also brought to you by Splinter Creek. It's a gated conservation community located eight miles southwest of Oxford, 75 minutes from the Memphis airport. SplinterCreekMS.com is the website. You can call Tom Smith Land and Home Agents today and arrange a tour at 601-898-2772. If you're coming up in the next few weeks for baseball, for uh, uh, basketball, for spring football, whatever the case may be, uh, double-decker, uh, Grove Bowl, whatever. If you're coming up to Oxford, it's a beautiful time in the spring. You're thinking about moving to Oxford. You're thinking about retiring in Oxford. You really should put Splinter Creek on the list of places to check out. 34 lakefront lots ranging in size from 2 to 25 acres, 650 acres of lakes, pine and hardwood forest, private roads, running, cycling, hiking trails. It's absolutely gorgeous. You should check it out. It is splintercreekms.com. If you're looking to give your employees or clients something beyond the typical koozie, you need, <laughs> if you need a uh, awesome marketing swag for your client 
or potential customer, Dead Soxy has you covered with custom socks. What better way to personalize your company swag than to create a product people will use time and time again? Visit deadsoxy.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, click on the custom socks button, and let them hold your hand through the entire process. Don't worry about not having design skills. Just share your vision with the design team. They'll get to work putting your vision into action. They'll create a complimentary digital mock-up of your design before any orders are placed. It's time to get customized, so go custom with your friends at Dead Soxy. And we're brought to you by Southern Craft Stove and Tap. They've got all your pregame and pre-concert needs covered, whether you're headed to Oxford for uh, basketball or baseball or you're headed to Tupelo for one of the many events at the Bancorp South Arena. Make sure you get your event started off right with a visit to Southern Craft. Conveniently located off Highway 7 and Sisk Avenue in Oxford and at 205 East Troy Street in Tupelo, Southern Craft has all your Southern favorites ready to serve your hunger needs. Drop in, enjoy a curated cocktail or one of their many craft beers on tap. And don't forget about their catering. From private events to catering in for your staff at work, Southern Craft has your catering needs covered with a meal everyone is sure to love. So make your day crafty at Southern Craft Stove and Tap. So, this is true. We're getting Creed 3. Why? What are we doing? I don't know. Stop. I don't know. I saw the rumor. It's going to be a money grab. Stop. Yeah. We've already done this with Rocky. We went too yeah, far. went too far. The, the, the second Creed was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. I mean, I, spoiler alert. Every I, I got... It was bye. It was goodbye. I got closure on everyone. I walked out contented. Everybody's going to be okay. Now you're going to open it back up again? I don't. I don't need more of it. I don't even know that I'll go see another one. How about that? I love that franchise, and I don't think I'll go see Creed 3. What's he going to do, fight a Martian? Reading here from Digital Spy, which I'm going to just go out on a limb and say it's true. I mean, again, I hang with us here. The guys. reality, Steve, of the movie business? Is it? Probably. I don't know. Okay. Says the Creed revival has been a success, blah, blah, blah. Now, a third Creed movie is moving forward, but with a big change behind the scenes. Coogler wrote the original while Jewel Taylor and Sylvester Stallone were behind the sequel. However, the Hollywood Reporter says that Zach Balin will be writing this one. I don't know. Whatever. He's uh, He just wrote King Richard, which is actually about the father of Venus and Serena. Will Smith playing the title character in, uh, in that movie. Uh, says not much is known about the third Creed movie other than it being a while off due to Michael B. Jordan's busy schedule and the lack of a director. One thing we'd very much like to know is is Sly even coming back as Rocky Balboa. So it could be possible he's gone and they're just moving on without yeah. without Sly. Maybe point. so. Salone so, said around the time of Creed II's release that he was, quote, practically done with the character. Yeah, there's nowhere else for Rocky Balboa to go. He had closure at the end of Creed Two. Yeah, it says he was... Spoiler alert, five, four, three, two, one. They sent him off to see his son. It was a good place to leave him. Everything ended fine. It was it was good. Yeah, so. they, they had fixed things. He was going to go be a grandfather. He, in his mind, paid his debt back to Apollo Creed. It does look like he's finally done with Rambo after that one bombed last year. They were finally finished with Rambo. Yeah, I mean, a man in his 70s can't be Rambo. It's no longer first blood no, here, guys. I mean, it's, like, James Bond <laughs> had to have a new James Bond. You know what I mean? Uh, 
I don't know if he's still involved financially in the series or not. It's a good question. Someone asked, can you watch Creed without watching the Rockies? You could. Watch but, the Rockies. But you you owe it to yourself to watch. And do it in chronological order. Like, you know, Star Wars, they'll tell you, hey, this is the order to watch them, not the actual order. Like, just just watch. I mean. Watch Rocky and then Rocky 2 and then Rocky 3, 4, skip 5. Do you skip 5? Yes. Yeah, Even it. from a plot. Yeah. Let somebody explain it in 10 seconds. Yeah. I can do it in 10 seconds. Let somebody explain it in 10 seconds, and then you move on with your day. Come back to us after you're finished with four. We'll, we'll tell you, you about five. We'll give five. you the 10-second Rocky Five recap. Watch then, Rocky Balboa. Watch Rocky Balboa, and, and then, then watch one Creed 1 and 2 in order. You'll enjoy yourself. Oh, people have not seen Rocky. We used to employ one. Uh, yeah, but that was different. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> we could write a book on that. Wasn't well, all he'd never seen. Yeah, I guess skipping five's okay. I'm, I'm thinking about it, but it's it's all right. I'll, I'll. Yeah, you, that's two hours of your life you can't get back. Some, let someone give you a 10 to 15 second recap real quick of what happened there and then move on. That was, what do y'all call it in golf? A mulligan? Yeah. Yeah. You just give them a mulligan. Call it a day. Oh, anyway. Who are the Beatles? <laughs> was that a thing too? Yeah, he didn't know who the Beatles were. Oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah, he, it was bad. I didn't recall that one. I'm sorry. Yeah, he claimed to not know Garth Brooks. That's That was hard. Yeah, I mean, come on. We got a couple minutes. I know. Uh, yeah, you're fine. Did you watch? Did you watch any of the debate last night? I was busy. I I, I can't. Like s- several people in the press box were like, "Yeah, you didn't watch this. You didn't watch this." I was like, "I I just I, I can't. I'm, I'm I'm done. I'm." And I love campaigns. This is what's so annoying for me. I love campaigns. I don't necessarily love politics. I love campaigns. There's a difference. Yeah. And I I can't. I it, we're, we're just screaming at one another now. I'm 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 good. The- Intelligent thought is not allowed. No 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 it. One of the things that I have reached a conclusion on as a result of listening to uh, Wicked Game American Elections is that it's not that politics have My changed. My friend of the pod, Lindsey Graham. Yeah, our friend of the yeah, our, our friend Lindsey. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's not that politics have changed. Politicians have changed. We're no longer getting the best and brightest in politics. They're going to making money somewhere else. Instead, we've got, like, the the Democrats are doing it right now. I'm sure the Republicans will do it in four years. The Democrats are doing it right now. It's this, they're just standing up on the stage and killing themselves. Hold on. You guys are actually watching this Love is Blind? Like, people are are really watching this? I've had several people tell me I need to watch it. Well, it's like your bachelor fascination times a thousand for stupid. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've been told. I'm 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 probably going to start. Oh my it. god! Like really, people here, are watching I'm, this. I'm probably going to start it here really soon. For people who are not, and, and I can be corrected in the live stream. For people who are not aware, you talk to another person, you never see them, and you have to decide whether do you want to get married or not. That's the gist. <sighs> Come on. It's can you just get to know and and and. It's like the it's the 2020 version of meeting people through chat rooms. I guess you just. That's just not conceivable that you... There's a show. What, what, hold on. Help me out here. What, what's the success rate 
so far, what what percentage have said yes and what percentage have said no? Help me out with. I bet it's got a better percentage than The Bachelor. What do we got? That it works. Well, they hadn't actually got married yet, so who yeah. knows? But just that they said yes, we'd like to to do it. What do we, what do we have? All right, I'm waiting. Somebody, somebody, help me. I will say that yesterday I okay, listened. Give, give or take five couples have said yes. Okay. Interesting. I will say that yesterday I was listening to a podcast. Chris Harrison was on it. I yeah. don't make fun. I don't care. I'm sitting in the carpool line. I told you his golf one was pretty good when he was on with Shane Bacon a few really? weeks ago. Yeah. He did make a really strong point about – he was very critical of Madison Pruitt. He said, you knew what you were getting into when you got into this show, and you knew who The Bachelor was – and you presumably knew his story a little bit, and you knew that he was being sexualized. He was being pretty open about that he was uh, a sexual person, for lack of a better word, right? She knew all of that, and she kept going, and she kept going, and she kept going, and she waited until this late in the stage to say, hey, by the way, I don't do that. And not only that, he said, you know, she very much issued an ultimatum. She keeps saying it's not an ultimatum, but it is, by definition, an ultimatum. 15 men, 15 women, six engagements. And you can't see them. Correct. At all. Correct. Love is blind, Neil. That's the whole purpose. Can they describe themselves? I don't know. I have not watched. Because I'd have to know, like, are you tall? Are you short? Yeah, I mean, six out of 15, good point. That's over 300. That's a, that's a Hall of Famer. Well, I mean, six out of 15, I mean... If, That's better than you're going to do in the bar. Yeah. From a long-term relationship. Yeah, you go meet 15 chicks at the bar, you're probably not meeting six that you would marry. Don't think so? No. Again, the Bachelor's trying to go into golden years, people, now. I'm done. I'm, I, we, 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 yeah, we're, I, we're jumping sharks. Jay says he's going to get into that. Of course he is. Yeah, see, like for a girl, you would, a girl would want to know, like, what's the height on a guy? Yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to call Cliff. Hang in. If you're in the live stream, be right back with uh, with him. If you're on the podcast, you'll get him in one second. Cliff Godwin here with us. Now, Cliff, uh, good to talk to you. You're uh, going to host Ole Miss, Indiana, High Point this weekend, in the Keith LeCarrie Classic. I know that's a it's an event that's a big to you, a person that obviously – very important to you. Kind of give a little feedback on how this came about. Well, this started back in 2004, and that was actually at the old field where I played at, which was pretty much a high school field. Same, same, exact same place where Clark LeClaire is today. But uh, it was to recognize Coach LeClaire. Obviously, he was diagnosed with ALS in the fall of 2001. and had to step down in 2002. So just to honor him and continue to honor him and everything he did for East Carolina uh, baseball and our university. And especially now with, you know, me being the head coach, it's extremely important to carry on coach's tradition and uh, a lot of the values that he taught me, I try to instill in our players. You know, you went back in 2015, obviously a job very excited about, had a lot of success here, you know, five years later, whatever it is. Is, is it kind of, you know, obviously you want to get the College World Series, but otherwise been what you envisioned. I mean, you got, you're getting good crowds, you got student involvement. I mean, you kind of, kind of have gotten that program in every way, kind of what you hoped, right? Chase, it's never what you expect. When I say that is, I just, 
sit back and laugh my mm-hmm. first year as a head coach. And Coach Bianco always used to tell me, be careful what you ask for. And the stuff that happens in year one when you're a head coach, you're like, I, I must have missed that in the job description because yeah, yeah. I didn't know I was going to be responsible for that. But, no, nah, it's been it's been great from the standpoint of the fans, the student involvement, our players, our recruiting's gone really well. And just to sustain success, as you know, is very hard to do. I think the best coaches in the country are the ones that you look up and every year they're going to the postseason. They're doing a good job. Uh, I have a ton of respect for Coach Bianco, Tim Corbin, Paul Maneri, all the guys that have done it for a long time and still sustain success, and, and that's what we're trying to do here. Do you feel like your coaching style is kind of a you know bleeding of all those different people that, that, that you've worked for and have impacted you and then some of your own personality too? I mean, what you know, I mean, do, do you kind of do you have like stuff you just took from every, every place and can pull it out as a toolbox depending on what's going on? And I was very blessed to be able to work for a lot of great head coaches, you know, starting with Coach Scaff at UNCW, who just retired and won close to 1,000 games. And then you're talking about Tim Corbin. He's won two national championships. Paul Maneri's won a national championship. Mike's the longest-tenured head coach in the SEC. So, yes, I've taken a little bit from each of them um, and with my personality. And my dad was a high school basketball coach for 30 years and Coach LeClaire and my high school baseball coach. So, a lot of great influences in my life to really try to impact young men in a positive way. Seven and one so far on the season. Got a win uh, in the midweek last night. Running a little bit of a streak here. Uh, like how your team's play? We we actually we, we've played pretty good, and and this team is is different than the ones we've had in the past couple years. You know, our position players are younger, and we've got a lot of young, talented arms, so you're just trying to figure out, you know, your bullpen and your rotation and all that good stuff. But I'll I'll tell you this, to this point, we have pitched our tails off and we have played unbelievable defense. And offensively, we're a work in progress. We're solid. We're, you know, probably, if you look on paper, not as good as we were last year. But last year, you look up and you got Packard, Brickhouse, Washer, Mm. Turner Brown, a lot of older guys that have been through the ringer, so to speak. But this year we're, you know, playing a, a lot of sophomores, a couple freshmen, and they're doing a good job. And But our pitching and defense has definitely led us. Yeah, you gave up four runs the whole weekend against Georgia Southern last weekend in a sweep. And the the, the guys that most Ole Miss fans probably know with Burleson and then, you know, Cooch Maynard had such a good start against Ole Miss last year in Oxford. But assuming you're going to keep your rotation as it is, Tyler Smith on Saturday, what, what, what have you kind of seen from him to this point? Well, I was about to say, I know the big question from all the Ole Miss fans yeah. is, is Cooch Manor going to pitch on Saturday? <laughs> Cooch Manor is not going to pitch on Saturday. You're going to keep your rotation I, as is? You're not going to switch things around the first week of March just to beat Ole Miss, Cliff? <laughs> well, hey, look. <laughs> I'm I, That's not who we that's, – um, I, I know. That's not who we are. And, and Cooch Manor, he's been on a pitch count. He'll be on a pitch count this weekend. He just had yeah. some arm soreness early in the preseason and – you know, he only threw three innings last weekend, two two innings the opening weekend, and uh, he could have thrown four last weekend, but we had a long bottom half of the inning. We scored six runs in the bottom of third, so we only let him pitch three. And So hopefully he can go close to five this weekend. But Tyler Smith uh, will pitch against Ole Miss, and he, he just he's a senior. He's been through it. Look, that guy, if you pull up his stats, I mean, he's pitched as many innings as probably anybody on our team. And he's done everything from relief, start, close, the whole deal. And this year he's just more composed, more mature. 
better command of his stuff, his off-speed stuff, been uh, better this year than it's ever been. So that's been a key for him. Took a break in the show to tell you about in-house interior and design. That's 662-681-6241. They handle every aspect of designing the home, from windows, doors, paint, wallpaper, lights, fixtures, lamps, flooring, rugs, furniture, and more. They travel anywhere in-state or out-of-state. They have 30 years combined experience. And they're giving right now 20% off dorm room design appointments with Nikki and Ashley. They are at uh, West Main Street in Tupelo. They're also inside Booth 34 inside Sugar Magnolia in Oxford. So you can go by. You can see some different options for uh, for those dorm assignments and more. They also have contractors on call ready to do uh, bigger projects around your home. You can make those gift items. There's new client gifts associated with that. And you get discounts there as well. So to find out any different way that you can uh, help with design and your home, 662-681-6241. Podcast is also brought to you by Nest and Wild. Sleep better with the Nest and Wild mattress. Nest and Wild's a Mississippi-based mattress company making a high-quality mattress delivered right to your door. They make buying a new mattress easy. They're all one foot thick. They're all American-made. And they're incredibly uh, affordable, especially given the podcast discount of Rebel 20 that you enter at nestandwild.com at checkout. You get 20% off of your order by entering the podcast code REBEL20. We'll have a, uh, actually it's up already, Mind on My Money podcast is brought to you by Pinnacle Trust. Pinnacle Trust based in Madison, Mississippi, clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states. Uh, they've been around more than 20 years. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and, and much more. To learn more, go to Pinnacle Trust. It's pintrust.com, P-I-N-N trust.com. Mention you heard about them on the podcast. You get 10% off your first year's fee. I'll have a mailbag up later today. It's brought to you by the Weston Jackson. It's a Marriott property in downtown Jackson, home to uh, Soul Spa, also home to Estelle Wine Bar and Bistro. If you're doing business in Jackson, uh, you owe it to yourself. Stop at the Weston Jackson. Be a great place to stay, a great place to recharge on a weekend as well. That's the Weston Jackson in downtown Jackson. Speaking of travel, if you're starting to think about your uh, summer trips, Getting all of those things ironed out, highly suggest that you get in touch with John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. All you do is you give him a call, you give him some parameters, you give him a budget, and he will give you options that you uh, won't find on your own. And no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or send him an email, Edwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients can save $50 off their first book trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. We're also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well there at Grenada Nissan. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. And we're brought to you by Oxford University Bank, OUB, locally owned and operated right here in Oxford. When you deposit money at OUB, that money and the vast majority of the bank's profits go right back into the Oxford community. OUB gives you the comfort of home, all the benefits the big mega banks provide, all the technology and products you can want, all with the personal touch. And uh, OUB also offers its customers the absolute best cash checking account. It's called Casasa, and with Casasa, OUB will pay customers 2.5% interest on their balances up to $50,000 and refund ATM fees nationwide. To learn more about OUB, check out liveoxfordbankoxford.com or call 662-234-6668. 
OUB is FDIC insured. And last but not least, brought to you by Bluff City Advisory Group. They're dedicated to building the future you desire. Founded in Memphis in 2019, their team is comprised of established and seasoned financial experts who came together to serve individuals and families of their beloved hometown. Bluff City values providing quality advice, experience, and access to all their clients. And they invite an open dialogue beyond your annual review. They believe that everyone deserves financial security, so no matter your level of wealth or financial goal, they will serve as an advocate and guide to grow a portfolio that is fruitful and sustainable for you. Give them a call at 901-365-3447 or email ben at bluffcityadvisory.com. God, I'm kind of curious here because Ole Miss has got several uh, potential two-way candidates. You always do. You know, you recruit kids that obviously played positions in high school because you're not just pitching in high school. You're the best player on the team most of the time. What, what has sort of been your philosophy on how early to potentially let kids do both, when to try to focus on one or the other? And what, what, what are you kind of looking for when you've got a two-way guy to know whether they can handle both sides of it at, at a certain point of their career? It's different with every kid. Burleson's probably a little bit like Stephen Head was, and, and I didn't coach Stephen. I'm not saying he's as good as Stephen Head, don't don't get me wrong. But he's left-handed. He plays first base, plays outfield, left-handed hitter, left-handed pitcher. We actually recruited him more as a pitcher than a hitter and just told him that, yeah, we'll let you hit. Well, then you look up his freshman fall, and hardly anybody can strike him out. And you're like, well, we might need to, like, actually let him hit. So – uh, that's how that went. Agnos was recruited more of a pitcher at, than a position player. Zach, who's a freshman who starts at third base for us. And then he all of a sudden, he looks like he can really play third base. He can really play shortstop. And we're deeper on the mound than we probably have been in years here, maybe the most ever. So playing every day probably has affected his pitching in a negative way. So we've just been using him in relief stints. So everyone's different. The thing is, as you know, it's just a ton to manage for the individual, the player, mm. but also the coaches. you got to schedule practice and bullpens before practice and hit with them after practice and all that stuff. So the kids have got to be willing to put in the time. And we've just been lucky to have a, a group of guys that really were willing to put in a lot of extra time to, to be good at both. Sometimes when you get to pitcher first, you also have to be able to offset the, hey, he's going to help us offensively enough that I'm not worried about him rounding first and turning an ankle and being out four weeks too, right? <laughs> well, I don't know if I ever do that. I try to get Burleson okay. off his feet as much as, <laughs> much as possible, but that's the one thing. He's playing left field this year because we're in the third base dugout. It's just a shorter, it's a shorter run for him. I know that sounds crazy, but – <laughs> you know, you have to run out the right field nine innings. I mean, that's a lot farther away than left field. So uh, that's why he's playing left field this year and playing some first base as well, just to get him off his feet as much as possible. You mentioned the offense kind of work in progress, all those guys you you lost and whatnot. But, it, you know, young guys have maybe matured a little quicker than you expected. I mean, what what, what have you seen from your, from, your, from your hitting group? Well, I think Hoover, who played a lot as a freshman, and uh, Burley, I think they have pressed some early, tried to do too much. Francisco has swung the bat great. Bryson Worrell has swung the bat great. Connor Norby has done a really good job, who's a sophomore. Uh, Seth Cadell has really put together quality at bats. You know, that was the one thing. He struck out a ton previously in his first two years here at East Carolina. And when he went off to summer boss, like, hey, look, you, you got to cut down your strikeouts. Like, we got to – be have put together better at bats that actually pitchers have to work 
Um, and then Christian Smallwood, a junior college transfer who was hurt last year, he's just getting back in the lineup, and he's only been in the lineup for three games, and he swung the bat a lot better. So, uh, you know, just trying to put the pieces together and figure out, you know, when to hit and run, when not to, when to bunt, when not to, and all those good things. Your conference has been pretty, 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 pretty talented a lot of years. I mean, definitely, if anything, it's been RPI help. I mean, have you been pretty pleased with kind of the progression of the Americans since you've been there or been in that conference, at least from a baseball standpoint? Chase, I, I'll tell you this. Look, it's not the SEC from depth-wise, but, I mean, you, the Friday night guys normally are like SEC-type pitchers, and if you don't play well, you'll get beat, and sometimes you can play pretty good and still get beat. So you have to show up. Uh, you know, you look at UConn, and every year UConn seems to have a first-round draft on the mound, and they are always in the top 25 RPI. And everybody thinks that's a northern basketball school, but Jim Penders has done an unbelievable job. This past weekend, UCF swept Auburn on the road. Tulane's playing good. It, it's almost that it, it, a lot of teams, I guess, change as far as the ones that are really good year to year. It could be UCF. It could be South Florida one year. It could be Houston a lot of years, UConn a lot of years. And But it's a really good conference, and we have finished anywhere from third to fifth in RPI every year that I have been here. You, uh, you, you mentioned, obviously, coaching under Corbin and Mike whenever how, how often do you keep up with any of those guys whether it's just you know checking the Ole Miss scores Vanderbilt scores talking to Tim or Mike I mean what's 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 sort of your your I know it changes by the day but you know daily weekly in season out of season routine with those guys you know Mike doesn't talk a lot on the phone I'm, yeah. I'm sure you know that but but hey he's an emoji guy though do you get as many emojis for Mike <laughs> as I do because I'm amazed like I don't text him much but I don't get words back I'm getting emojis back from Mike now well, I would like to take the credit for Mike Bianco's emojis because okay. I think I taught him that. At, at the one thing that Coach Bianco got from Cliff Godwin was emojis because um, I used to send them to him and he would just laugh. So, uh, yes, he sends me emojis. But Coach Bianco, we actually spoke last week. or It was right after the Louisville series, so we just talked and I was telling him congratulations. And um, I, I love Coach Bianco, Cammy, the whole family. I told him. Uh, how proud I was of Ben because I know what he's been through at Louisville and mm -hmm. just had to persevere through a lot of challenges to get where he is today. And um, so me and Mike talk, you know, once every couple of weeks, obviously I talk to laugh probably every other day. Right. Um, and then Tim Corbin, I could call him up if I need something. I've done that in the past and he'll get right back to me. So I talked to a lot of the coaches that I have worked for. You more of a emoji guy or a GIF guy now? I'm both. I'm both. Um, you know, I, I've worked on my gift game a little bit. Um, I'm a big Suits fan, so mm -hmm. a lot of Suits uh, gifts. Uh, big Harvey Specter fan. If you haven't watched the show, uh, Stephen Head got me on it, and I got hooked. So um, I, I use a lot of those. What do you think about Mike's beard? First time in 20 years. He's trying to keep this beard right now. Well, actually, Chase, I have a beard right now, too. First time in 42 years that Cliff Godwin has ever had a beard. It might be shaved down since we got mustache marks going on uh, starting on Sunday, but I have had a beard for almost three or four months, I think, and never had had one before. Before that, did you – were you – I like Mike's beard. I like Mike's, I like Mike's beard. It makes him, you know, even look a little bit tougher than he was. I'll be honest. It's starting to grow on me. At first, I was like, what are you doing? Are you going to shave that? <laughs> Is Kamey going to allow it? Like, what are we doing? But, no, it, it's a, it, it's starting to be the preferred look, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it looks good on him. 
I'm Bef- surprised Cammy is letting it fly, but hey, I like it. She might like it. it, it before before you started growing a beard, did you shave every day? I didn't shave every day. I I was I hate shaving. That's like one of my things I hate doing. So yeah. I would normally get, you know, three or four days of growth and then shave. Uh, but I am not an everyday shave guy. See, I get to about four days and it starts to itch. Like right now today, I'm at four days and I'm I'm almost looking forward to shaving. And like you, I hate shaving. My wife tells me she wants me to let it grow. I can't. It starts to drive me crazy, and I, 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 I can't. How'd you get past the the hurdle, if you will, of like every you know? Well, you get to four the, days, hey, and that's it. That's the, the million dollar question. So you you got to suck it up for a couple of days. But there's some beard cream out there that will help with that, and I use some of that. Um, I do not do a good enough job with it because your beard will get like hard and like prickly. And that's kind of how mine is right now because I don't do it enough. But to get by the itchy stage, that definitely helps. Are you a Rocky guy? The movie? Rocky Balboa? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, who, like, can you be an American and not be a Rocky I, guy? I agree with you completely. Well, they're coming out with a Creed three apparently, and I feel like we're jumping the shark now. I mean, I know there's never too much Rocky, but we closed that thing pretty well at Creed two. I, I don't need another one. Yeah, I didn't know there was a Creed three coming out, but yeah. I mean, is there a better movie than Rocky four? I mean, I no. I mean, yeah. And not only was that a movie that, that ended the Cold War, and we say that, that movie saved lives. So we had a question, Cliff. Someone asked us, you know, there is, there are people out there, God, I mean, just to prove to you that there's still work to be done, there are people out there that have not seen any of the Rocky movies, and we were talking about Creed, and he asked, I assume it was a he, he asked, uh, you know, can I watch the Creed movies without watching the Rocky movies? And our answer was, well, I guess you could, but you really need to go back and watch Rocky. And then we had a debate about whether or not, I said, you need to watch Rocky one, two, three, and four in order. And then Chase and I sort of had a little mini debate. It was friendly. We didn't come to blows or anything. But it was about Rocky Five. And I said, I thought you could sort of let them not watch Rocky Five and just we could summarize it for them in about 15 seconds. Is that fair? Yeah, I would, I would save the time on Rocky Five. It's a fine movie. It's just Rocky Four was so good that they should have probably just stopped it there. Are you, uh, are you in, or, in or out on Top Gun 2 coming out later this year? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm a huge Top Gun fan, okay. but I don't know. Like, I'd have to dive in and do a little more research, Chase, before I... Okay. I'm trying to give hard-hitting questions to you here. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'll ask one. Yeah. I'll ask one. This, this comes up all the time. You've coached at these different programs. I'm not putting okay. you on the spot here, but you're a college baseball guy, and uh, I think it's safe to say that if you want to have these opportunities somewhere down the road, you're probably going to have them. You probably will be too modest to say that, but I'll say it for you. There, there is a there's a debate that goes on every year. You've you've you you were at Ole Miss long enough to hear it uh, about the scholarship inequity and all of that stuff. How much of a challenge is that for uh, whoever it is at Ole Miss, whoever it is at Mississippi State, at Auburn, at Alabama, as opposed to some of the programs around the league, LSU, Georgia, Arkansas. Uh, Vanderbilt that that have some some built-in scholarship advantages, if you will. How much does that inequity impact uh, the way that you run a program, and how much does that inequity maybe change the way that a prospective coach would look at those openings down the road as saying, 
how do I how do I weigh which one I want the most? Well, I'm actually glad that your question veered in that direction because I thought you were going somewhere else, and and uh, I'm glad you didn't. Yeah. Uh, number one, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, the inequity there, like what Mississippi State gets uh, as far as financial aid, academic money is way better than Ole Miss. So I want to make sure I say that right now. Okay. And, yes, I'm an Ole Miss guy when it comes to Ole Miss-Mississippi State. Uh I, I really enjoyed beating Mississippi State two out of three um, in 2014 at their place after we blew a lead in extra innings on Saturday, and then I think we beat them like 12 to two. Yeah, you were a little Sunday. fired up that so, that Sunday. I remember that. <clears throat> yeah, I was really, I was really <laughs> fired up, Chase. Because, and I want to tell you a quick story, real quick. Because you oh, you're good. I just remember laugh and head being so pissed off after Saturday's game, and. They were going to get something to eat. I said, hey, I'm going to bed because we're going to get up tomorrow morning and we're going to kick their ass because we're better than them. Excuse my language, but that's the way I felt. I actually slept great. And then I had a whole, like, hitters meeting about toughness, and I go out and throw BP the next day, and I'm throwing to Preston Overby, and I throw a pitch. He hits a line drive right back by the L screen. My right arm is hanging down outside the L screen, Preston hit me directly in my forearm, oh, and it's God. probably the hardest I've ever been hit. And all I could think about was my toughness speech. So my forearm swelled up like a softball, but I just kept throwing BP because I was like, there's no way I can stop throwing BP after getting hit by a pitch after I just had that toughness speech to our players. So side note, but I was really fired up that we won that game. The scholarship thing? Yeah. Did you had somewhere going there? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you're good. Where I was going is that <laughs> Ole Miss, and I, I'm saying this because it, it's challenging, they do have a little bit of but it's nothing compared to a Vanderbilt or a Mississippi State. I even think, and I don't know for sure, but Auburn, Auburn, obviously Florida and LSU have the in-state tuition stuff. It's hard. So does it factor into – coaches taking jobs or not taking jobs of course I mean look Tim Corbin he's no uh you know he's a very smart guy so he when he took Vanderbilt he knew that he could get some financial aid going where hey we can use this financial aid and then all of a sudden now we're able to offer scholarships at a higher percentage because they're getting Cliff Godwin on 70 percent financial aid well that guy might have been a 50 percent scholarship guy now you save that because you're just doing the financial aid it's a it's an inexact science for sure is it fair no but it's the world we live in i mean i i I don't know how it would change you know east carolina we hardly have any financial aid stuff we just have the pell grant where carolina in state has financial aid so yes we're you know fighting an uphill battle with that but it is what it is and you just got to work around it and try to be as efficient with your scholarship money as you can. I know I'm, I'm, I'm now probably getting above your pay grade and certainly way above mine. So, But I'm curious because it's one of the things that's fascinating to me as someone who doesn't really cover college baseball every day and then this conversation comes up every May, every June. If common sense, if you will, in quotes, kicked in and say everybody went to, I don't know, pick your number, 17, 18, 19, 20 scholarships, how many programs in – your league, maybe in leagues lower than your league, would just have to say, hey, we can't afford to do this. we got to shut it down. 
Well, I think that would be a lot. I think you would have the Power Five and then a few schools like East Carolina, who's not a Power Five school, and others, you know, across the country, whoever you want to pick that would that are committed to baseball. But, yeah, of course you would. And for you to drop the word common sense, no offense, there's not much common sense in the stuff that goes on in college baseball. I mean, no third assistant, to, you know, you don't even have to pay them. Yeah. You know, it's just to take the volunteer tag off of them so they're not treated like a second-rate citizen and they can't go on the road and recruit. Like, that's the craziest thing. It's not a cost to the school if you don't want it to be. Like, why did that not pass? That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Last thing here, probably. I'm kind of curious. I was, Am I crazy? I was asking my mailbag on Friday, who's the most important recruit in school history or something like that and I gave two answers I gave obviously Steven because that's when Mike built everything and and, and he's the only three-time All-American and all that stuff my second thing was Christian Trent that team finishes third the country that you're on it's no seriously it's the best finish in school history and he was the best pitcher in the postseason in the, in the country at that point he gave up he gave up one run in 21.1 innings and I mean I've heard stories I've talked to you about it I'm not sure there was a tougher guy that you wanted to take the ball in game two in Lafayette that night well, I don't know who the other Saturday starters were in the country. Yeah. But there wasn't a better Saturday starter than Christian Trent. Right. And for the guy to take the ball with Ole Miss's back against the wall, haven't been to Omaha and whatever. Yeah, all the baggage years, and all, all that road, stuff. All the all the baggage. You know, he's a he's a Louisiana kid in Louisiana facing another Louisiana kid. You know, this potent offense that Lafayette has, and I don't remember his exact line, but you talk about absolutely dominating the game. I mean, Christian Trent, I mean, that was the key for the Ole Miss Rebels to get to to Omaha and Preston Overby's home run. I tell everybody that will listen, Preston Overby, in my opinion, hit the biggest home run in Ole Miss history. And people could argue that, but I would take Preston Overby's home run because that uh, gave us the lead. Um, late in the game you guys knew when you won the game two you were winning game three right I mean just the psych you could sort of see the psychology out there I knew we were going to win game three when uh, Holt Perzak hit the triple (laughs) (laughs) that's a coach answer So you would have been pissed off you would have been pissed off at my Twitter account that night because I started counting the outs down using like gifts at about 21 well and coach b because colby bortles was hitting in that spot and and i we called time and talked to coach b and it was one out and i I just had a good inclination that perzog wouldn't hit into a double play and and colby had been playing well for us and coach b looked at me like i was crazy and i was like hey look i really think this is a good matchup here if we can get perzog and if you go back and look and i remember uh, you know, the radio guys, there was a pitch. It was either 3-0 or 3-1. That the, it was a total ball. Yeah, and they, yeah, yeah. You know, Holt would have walked, and he didn't, and he got the 3-2 and, you know, hits the ball down the right field line, and the right fielder slides and kicks it. I mean, that's one of my top five moments of being a coach was seeing that right fielder slide and kick it and just waving guys around. That was, was – I'm getting chill bumps talking about it. Yeah, that was a it was a therapeutic night for for a lot of people that night. But uh, I mean, and, and Trent, I mean, he he won the Texas Tech game too. But um, anyway, in the in the College World Series, I'm I'm rambling at this point. But anyway, uh, last <laughs> hey, uh, well, he, yeah, hey yeah. he was great. He was great. 
Christian yeah. Trent was great. That's we can all agree with that. Some people probably headed to uh, to Greenville for the series this weekend. You got one or two restaurants I need to hit up while they're there before I let you go. Uh, well, if you get here early enough, there's a place called Bees Barbecue. It's a hole in the wall. You have to take cash, but if you don't get there probably by eleven thirty in the morning, the barbecue will be run out. It's all homemade. Oh wow! Parker's Barbecue is r- really good. Um, Cubby's is a really good. Uh, burger, cheesesteak, shrimp burger place. Uh, nicer stuff is, they call it uptown, I call it downtown. It's <laughs> non-chain restaurants are down there. There's uh, the Dap House, uh, okay. Ford Shep. So there's a lot of places. It will remind some people it's not Oxford, but it's, you know, it's a college town and it's, uh, you know, Eastern North Carolina. It's country and, I mean, I, I related a lot to Oxford. Yeah. Good luck uh, this weekend, bud. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Cliff. Cliff Godwin there on the uh, Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Um, People thought I was going to ask him about the He thought you were going to say, hey, when Mike's fired, what do you No, 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 no. (laughs) I would never do that. (laughs) No, I know. I mean, one, it's silly. Um, (laughs) But I did want to ask just about the job. When you you evaluate the jobs, how do you look at it? And, Mm -hmm. and, it always you and I have this conversation all the time. I like doing it right now when they're winning because people I think listen a little bit differently. I don't know Mike. I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just our paths don't cross. I don't cover him. Um, I mean, I we're we're cordial to one another. We don't have any bad blood or anything, but we don't see one another. We don't we don't cross paths. We don't have conversations. We're not. I mean, we're we're friendly with one another, but we're not friends. Does that make sense? And so people say, you know, you're you're just taken up for Bianco. I'm not. I'm I'm mm-hmm. simply saying that, and I'm not. Look, if at the end of the season the Ole Miss people say, hey, we're firing the coach and whatever, that's your business. I don't care. It's up to you. My thing is when I look at it, if you're not willing to acknowledge that the calculus at Ole Miss, as opposed to much of the rest of the SEC, is problematic then I don't think – it's not even about fairness. I don't think you're being objective. Mm-hmm. So, And my point is when people do the whole thing, well, it's it's the postseason, and I get it. But to get to the postseason consistently, and he does, you do have to understand that there's a different calculus that you have to work in to put yourself in position to fail every postseason, yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah. So, again like, – I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to get yelled yeah. at. But no, it, 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 it it's – it's worth noting that here's a guy that, as it pertains to the Egg Bowl rivalry, is all Ole Miss. Well, he's, he, he turned down the Mississippi State head coaching job. Yeah. He, he, he's been offered Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi State. But he just said the state job has some advantages yeah. financially from a recruiting standpoint that the Ole Miss job doesn't have. Yeah. It's, it's one of the things that you either have to acknowledge it and or fix it. And I don't know how you fix it because the only way to fix it is institutional. Someone can't walk in and go, so here's what we're going to do. If a kid can play baseball, we're going to change the way that we let them in. Give No, mm-hmm. it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Again, Ole Miss plays High Point on Friday, East Carolina on Saturday, and Indiana on Sunday. The East Carolina game will be streamed through the East Carolina website. The other ones will be available just with uh, the old-fashioned radio this uh, this weekend from, uh, from Greenville. So we'll uh, – be back tomorrow with another edition of the show, stuff at rebelgrove.com in the meantime. So uh, have a big day, and we will talk to you soon.